0: You're listening to Wrestling to the Max Alert, alert, clear all channels This is an exclusive How you like that?
1: Gary Vaughn, Sean Garmer, and Paul Leeser. King
0: of Spots. New Japan Pro Wrestling.
1: First of what hopefully is consecutive in many G1 Climax 25 reviews. Uh, this is a little bit later than I wanted it to be. I was hoping I could do this you know a couple of hours or perhaps you know a few hours after the event had been over, but I stupidly decided that it would be a great idea to watch the main event. In my bed instead of continuing to watch it in my chair, which is probably the only thing that was keeping me awake at that point. And I just completely forgot that there's a limit to someone being able to stay up and then realizing that you don't have anything else to kind of keep your, your system going. So if uh, for some reason you're listening to this and you don't listen to any of the other podcasts that we do or this is your first time listening, I do normally have co-hosts um dear friends of mine uh Gary Vaughn and Paul Leiser but you know Paul is now has a job so normally Paul you know he's the one that kind of got us into all the indie stuff and new Japan and everything and now I've kind of gone down the rabbit hole of watching other Japanese wrestling so it's trying to get myself to still be excited about American wrestling sometimes a bit of a challenge but it's uh Either way, yes, we do have a normal show that's on Thursday nights at around 11 p.m. midnight Eastern. We go live like this show is live right now and you can call 972-591-8620 if you want to talk anything that has to do with New Japan or the G1 Climax or anything, but let me get through this really quick before so I can get on to what I'm supposed to be doing here. We we do normally have a show goes around. We, we talk about everything from WWE to TNA to all all the American shows. Basically, that's what we do on our regular Thursdays, and then we'll have special review episodes on Sunday nights when there's pay-per-view. Like we did one for Battleground, we'll do one next week for the ROH uh, Death Before Dishonor. I pay-per-view as well on Sunday. So I decided on my own because normally Paul, when he didn't work, him and I would have been able to figure out a time and been able to do this together. But now that Paul works a job where he's kind of going in pretty regularly, I work a job too, but I have set days off that I know I'm going to have off. So it kind of works better for me that way. And Gary's just a busy guy, period. He wasn't even on our battle round show, which is Gary has never missed a show before. Uh, and he's, you know, our normal, you know, the normal host. So that's, that that was just really weird for me to be doing this with somebody besides just me doing this. Uh, I'm going to hope I can actually keep up with this. I tried to do it for the best of Super Juniors, and it didn't work out that well because it wasn't live. It was next day on demand, and then you kind of get behind a couple shows, and it was difficult to keep up. And But I'm going to be able to try to watch these live, mess up my sleeping schedule for you guys so that – We can have this on a more regular basis. But if you're listening to this and you don't really, let's say you're listening to it because it has our name on it and you're not necessarily the biggest New Japan fan or you're just getting into it. I know we've had several listeners or people that are on our Facebook group, which we do have a Wrestling to the Mass Facebook group you can go join and you can follow us on Twitter at Wrestling2Max without the, the, I was live tweeting the G1. It's it's amazing how when you don't have like a plethora of people just constantly bombarding the the live tweeting, how you can actually conversate with more people on Twitter and actually get more followers that because people just reading pretty much what you write. But anyway, to my point was if you're not familiar with what the G1 climax is, I will fully admit this is my first year of actually completely following the G1 So I'm not a slave to the previous format that was there for a lot of the other G1s But I'm gonna give a little bit of a history lesson For for this. I mean, I'm like I said, we just started covering for the podcast Starting with Wrestle Kingdom 9 and then after Wrestle Kingdom 9, you know, they had New Japan world. So I had seen all the events that they were going to have for showing on New Japan World. So I said, hell, you know, we'll just put the money down and we'll get this for the podcast. And we kind of started with Wrestle Kingdom. We did the two new beginning shows and it kind of just took off where we just said, okay, we're going to do every New Japan big event as part of a special on the podcast. And we've all kind of grown to, to love watching it. So I know there are plenty of listeners and people in the facebook group that we've kind of gotten into watching new japan as well so anyway this is the 25th edition of the new japan uh g1 climax hence why it's called g1 climax 25 they usually do always have the numbers after them it stands for grade one now this tournament is relatively new they new japan has had other tournaments and there are plenty of other japanese uh Wrestling promotions that have their own sort of tournament that's kind of like this. So it's not like New Japan is the only one that has one. This kind of just seems to be the most revered. The the biggest, one of the biggest events, the second biggest event that New Japan has all year. But either way, it, it began in 1991. It's generally been an August tournament. That's why the first, uh, the the guy that won it first, Masahiro Chono, who went on to win five four other times, was known as Mr. August because he continued to, he always performed well in the G1 and as I mentioned won it five different times. So this thing kind of started as the G1. It used to be known all the way back from 1974. Uh, Antonio noki founded New Japan in 1972. And in 74, he started the World League. And it lasted till 1977. It went on to be called the MSG League, Madison Square Garden League, which ran from 78 to 82. Under the Giant actually won the final MSG League tournament. It was known as the IWGP League, which is International Wrestling Grand Prix, which is also the name of several of the titles that are held in New Japan. The, it, it went from 1983 to 88, and Hulk Hogan actually won. The first iwgp league now the story that he tells is completely wrong he did not win the iwgp title because that belt was not made until 1987 so he did win a belt he did not win the iwgp heavyweight championship that's a farce that he tells very much like the many of the other farces that hulk hogan loves to to tell in his crazy stories Andre the giant also won in 85 for that tournament but really what you kind of saw is Antonio Noki wound up winning like 10 out of these 16 tournaments. And then he kind of uh, went his own merry way. And the people in charge of New Japan after this, you know, Ricky Chosu doing all the booking and everything kind of decided, well, we got to have our own tournament and we've got to have our own way to kind of cultivate new heavyweight stars. So the G1 was born. Uh, as I mentioned, it's pretty much the second most important event in the new Japan calendar. The third is arguably dominion Which just happened a few weeks ago Like I said, this tournament used to be a lot shorter. So it used to only be an August Event now because of how big it's become and how many participants they've added It's now be kind of goes over two months and especially with the format that they've chosen for this year, which I Really appreciate I'll get into that later the participants for this whole tournament have kind of varied. It started as two blocks of four. It's kind of gone into single elimination before. It's gone into various other... It They had a four blocks of five at one point in, in one year. I mean, so it's it's not something that's completely been set in stone forever. It has changed many times. It has been different things many times, but what they ha- what has been consistent for most of the times that it's been around is the the blocks. The fact that you have wrestlers switching the blocks and you wrestle the opponents in your blocks until you and you gain points. Whether it's one, it used to be one point. Now it's two points for a win. You get a point for a draw, and you get zero points for obviously losing and so the the format, at least in past years has been you just have i think it's uh it's over like eight days or something like that it it wasn't this big long thing it was it it varied but either way, you had just it was all g one climax matches it was all tournament matches it wasn't you know all these things that if you watch like a new Japan Road Two show. Or even just a regular New Japan event. You don't have all these opening matches or whatever and that. It was just basically ten matches. Especially last year where you had twenty two participants, so you had two guys get a night off and then everybody else would wrestle. So and you know, to be honest, going back and watching some of the stuff from last year, while it's great, I could I I found myself plenty of times falling asleep because it's just so hard to get through it's such a slog there's a lot of matches and they're all great most of them were but it was just my goodness it's so much to take in in one evening and it just feels overly long and and your focus is you find getting yourself uh, with your focus diverted and everything so i think it's it's not only for the viewer but for the wrestlers it's it's better the way that they've done it this year, which is they expanded it to it's almost a month long and goes from July 20th, which you know was yesterday morning to August sixteenth is the final and they take several breaks like right now they're taking a break until Thursday morning they have the next show and then they go from Thursday to Sunday then they take another set a days break instead of just going hard for a bunch of days not having breaks and you're going hard in these big matches that are very important you also can't really get injured because if you do and it's serious enough like what happened with alex shelley at the best super juniors they have to take you out and then you forfeit all your matches, and it completely mess it can mess up the story that whoever's booking you know for, for now and has been for many years ghetto Is you know now has to might have to change the story that he's he's having to tell with these wins and losses and and draws and what have you. So imagine just going a bunch of different days where your body is just slam, 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 just, and you're having to have these great matches because of the event that you're you're in. How revered this event is, you can't just slack off, you know, or it might be one of those where you're not looked fun, fun you know you're not looked upon as, as well because G1 is that time where everybody's supposed to step it up you know kind of like the, the Tokyo Dome show the Wrestle Kingdom so uh, you know that i think that the people that are complaining about the format change which is now you have like four preliminary matches mostly tags you have an intermission and then you get your 5G1 matches all in a row and what's cool now is you'll see it in this show that I'm going to talk about. It allows you, and and also I should mention that the blocks, the, the way they have the days set up, it's all one block of matches that are happening. So all a block happened on Monday morning show or Monday night show, depending on where you're living. So it allows you to have a set. Day, you know that what what you're getting what matches you're getting and it allows them to use the tag matches to be able to look forward to the next night and say okay well we have these opposing forces going at it what a way to build some tension build something going into the match instead of just guys having a match there's a little bit of story and you know to me i'm a big story guys so even if it's a little bit and a lot of times, these feuds are built off stuff that happens, interactions that happens in tag matches or whatever. So, it really isn't that much different than what you would normally see and how a feud is built up for New Japan. But it's not... It's it's kind of magnified because you're seeing it one night and then possibly the next night or the next few nights, you're seeing this match. And so, you're much more invested. I really felt like it really helped not only kind of give you a calm before the storm, like a... Feeling of, okay, I'm slowly building up, building up, now we get to the G1 stuff, I'm really excited. There's also tension and everything created for the next time there's an event, or or next time there's a tournament night happening. So, yeah, and I mean, I think, I guess I might as well go run through, I'm not going to run through the B-Block stuff until I'm talking about night 2, because some of the b block stuff well i guess i might as well run through it cuz they have to do with each other in tag matches so let's see the uh a block has uh and m- many of these guys have been around and, and competed several times in these things so i'm i'm going to run this down aj styles is the second time competing second in a row uh togi Makabe, has he won in 2009 he has competed 12 straight times in this thing. Hiroshi Tenzin, Hiroshi Tenzin, I'm sorry. Uh, he won in 2003, 2004, and 2006. He's competed 20 times in this thing. That's that's amazing. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi has competed 14 consecutive times. He won in 2007. Stardust Genius Tatsuya Naito, who Has competed six consecutive times. He won in 2013. Katsuyo Shibata has competed five times. Uh, this is his third one in a row. Uh, Toru Yanu, This is his tenth appearance. His ninth one in a row. Doc Gallus is competing in his second one in a row. Bad Luck Fale as well. And Kota Ibushi who had to miss last year. Because of a concussion he suffered at the best of Super Juniors. This is only his his second appearance. But he rounds out. The A block. Uh, now the B block, and this is another thing I forgot to mention that you know most tournaments they're made to crown challengers to your champions. Well, the G1 is different because it includes your IWGP Heavyweight Champion, except for in I think like four instances over the 25 years that that hasn't happened, and there's only been two instances where the champion actually wins. But the cool thing here is the champion is important because. You have a long time from this is not like um, people compare this to sort of the Royal Rumble I guess as as far as a the uh, how big the event is the Royal Rumble you have literally anywhere from two months to two and a half months to WrestleMania okay this you have you go from August all the way to January Where you're having to have this title shot. And now that this title shot hasn't always been so pronounced. It's kind of been understated before. It's kind of been one of those things where. Okay well we're going to give it to you. But you don't have this. This this pronounced thing you have. So since 2012 which. Is when the first time that. uh, Kazuchika Okada won. The G1. He is now your defending IWGP Heavyweight Champion as well. He he won it off AJ at Dominion a few weeks ago. He also won the G1 last year. So he's the defending champion. He's the defending G1 winner. And starting with him in 2012, the winner received a briefcase. Now, it's it, not really at all like the money in the bank because your money in the bank, you don't defend. It's just this thing that gives you a title shot. Whereas this briefcase, you know when your title shot is. But the cool thing is, whoever he loses to, the champion, so whoever Okada loses to in this tournament, will get an opportunity at a singles title shot at one of the next big events, whether it's destruction or or whatever. They will have an opportunity to fight for the title because they beat the champion. And, and that's that's pretty cool. So we'll have to see it creates more intrigue. It creates lots of things going into that January 4th show. So as I was saying, Okada is in this, of course, being the champion, your Intercontinental Champion, IWGP Intercontinental Champion Hiroki Goto. He won in 2008. He's making his eighth consecutive appearance. He's also on the V-Block. Yuji Nagata, he won in 2001. He is making his seventeenth consecutive appearance in in this thing. It's crazy. Uh, Satoshi Kojima, who's making his fourteenth appearance, his sec- sixth consecutive. He went freelance for a little while, and in, in those earlier years, uh, he won in two thousand ten. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura is making his twelfth appearance, not consecutive. He won in two thousand eleven, and is being tapped as the the guy that probably going to win this one, we'll have to see. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii is making his third appearance in a row. Uh, Yujiro Takahashi is making his sixth appearance in a row. Carl uh, Anderson's making his sixth appearance. Uh, Tomaki Hama, who debuted last year because of Ibushi getting hurt, is making his second appearance. And um, Brackville Michael Elgin from ROH is the lone non-regular uh, New Japan talent being used in this, he said it was his dream to be in the G1. Now he gets to prove whether he really deserved the opportunity to be in the G1. There's a lot of people that hate on Michael Logan. I think it's really un- unjust and unfair. But and I think he's going to prove it in this tournament. The people that hate on him, you really shouldn't, because this guy is much better. And I think he adapts to the situation that he's in. People just kind of go, "Oh man, I hate Michael Uggan. He's never going to." He's he's just going to look bad in this event or whatever, and I think uh, that's what he's going to do. He's going to prove everybody wrong, and I think he does that a little bit already in that tag match that he's in on this show. He proves that he, he belongs there, so I think that's enough preamble. I think I've kind of broken everything down. Now it's time to actually get into the meat of what is G1 Climax Night 1. Uh, they're going to do this in 19 days in 14 different cities. Uh, they will vary drastically in attendance. So, like, the Sapporo uh, Hokito uh, Prefectural Sports Center holds 8,000 people. Whereas the show that they're going to do on Thursday morning or Thursday night is going to be in a different city. And that building doesn't hold anywhere near that many people. It holds, I think, like 2,400. So you can see the drastic difference between what you get one night and what much you might get the other night. Uh, whereas uh, the this show that you're going to see on Thursday, which really I think if you if you listen to this or you listen to other podcasts or talk about the G1, there's going to be a lot of them that maybe don't even cover New Japan at all that are going to all of a sudden jump on this for some reason. I, I've heard a few today, it sounded kind of weird, but they, now I kind of lost my thought. You saw this uh, with the bus of Super Juniors that New Japan had, where they went to different cities, and I, I, get, I think my point was, previously, and now New Japan didn't always have this, because they used to have this thing with Ustream, where you paid, I think it was like a 120 dollars, and you got to watch all the G1. Now New Japan has this streaming service just like WWE Network called NJPW world, New Japan World. It costs even less than WWE Network, it costs like eight dollars and like forty cents, something like that, depending on the exchange rate of where you are. there's places on YouTube, they have an English translated version of the site now. Where you can order it, it will take uh, American banks. I put in my bank card, gave me no problems. You can; it's a little bit tricky if you want to try to cancel. I haven't had to actually ever do that before, because I don't want to cancel the service. But I, I could imagine it'd be a little bit different with it being a, in a language you don't understand. But my point is, it costs eight dollars and forty cents, and this stuff will be there on demand. It has backlog content all the way back to like 1972. It has stuff all from this year, different things, even ROH events, stuff from uh, CMLL that uh, Tetsuya Naito was there where he got to do his – he started his new heel gimmick, different things, uh, the shows that they did in Singapore and and Thailand and all that. And they're going to add more. They're going to supposedly add these big shows they've been doing with RPW in England and and all that stuff. So my point was if you're interested in anything that I'm saying – and once I run down what happens on the show, and you want to get into the rest of this G1, you will be able to watch the rest of the G1 for $8.40. You'll have a couple days left over afterwards to kind of check out New Japan World, check out other events that have happened, and see if you like them. And maybe you want to keep the service. I'm, I'm not trying to be a uh a, a, an advertiser for New Japan World or anything, but I'm saying it's much easier just to pay these people the money. And you get your service. You know it works. The quality is great. The live streams are fantastic. I haven't really had any problems with watching live, watching any of the events live. It's much better than waiting for a torrent or waiting for them to show up on Daily Motion and all that kind of stuff. It's just... Such a hassle, and you can keep up with everything that quickly. So I think, uh, honestly, you should keep, owe it to yourself if you care anything about what I'm saying here. Check it out. It's well it's well worth the money. At least try it out for a month, and if you don't like it, okay. You just cancel, and, and you're done. But anyway, so we're in the Sapporo-Hakido uh, Perfectional Sports Center for this. Uh, like I said, there's going to be tag matches, and then you get into the G1 stuff proper the first match was an eight man tag Yohikamatsu, Komatsu who is a young lion Jushin Thunder Liger Tiger Mask Blue Justice Yuji uh, Nagata Jay White David Finley both young lions David Finley is the son of Fit Finley Mascara Dura who comes from CMLL he's a luchador he's your world welterweight champion right now over there and Tamaki Hama who is pretty much like your Santino or whatever he is he is uh, the lovable loser that he can win sometimes in tag matches, but he never wins singles matches, and the crowd just loves him in Japan. Uh, so, this one about 10 minutes, 11 minutes or so. The thing about these uh, tag matches, usually because they include these young lines and everything, the young lines are usually the ones that take the pins. Um, so, when you look at these these uh, tag matches, you can say, well, probably Yohei Komatsu. Finley or JY are going to be taking these pins. So you can kind of guess before you even start who might be the one losing, and that kind of sucks. But once you watch the product more, it kind of makes more sense. But either way, this is what I said about the tag matches being able to provide story and be able to provide build-up for the next event, which, especially with this one, where there's a three-day lapse in between, what happens in these tag matches is a little bit of story that you're going to have going into the next set of G1 matches, and then it will rotate again with the A block guys that performed tonight in the G1 matches, getting to do the same thing, building up story for their next matches in in those tags. So the big story here is Eugene Nagata and Hanma kind of have a stare down, uh, Hanma at one point knocks Nagata off the apron to kind of just Continue to build a little bit of tension between the two guys. Hama tries to get a gokeshi on Nagata. He doesn't like it. So, you know, he, he kicks him a few times. Hama does eventually get to gokeshi on, on Nagata. And uh, he he also does his uh, pretty good deli- uh, deadlift uh, suplex spot that he's pretty good at doing. Uh, the the other two guys that shined a lot, I thought Moscow Dorada and Yushin Liger, who are in the junior division, uh, really got to shine a little bit. Dorada got to do a huge dive to the floor, and he he does this awesome rope walk drop kick, which he makes look like effortless. He he walks the middle rope, he'll spin around and hit you with, and it. it's great. Uh, Liger eventually will hit a apron senton when everything breaks down. But this is, like I said, it it really was there for Hama and Nagata to kind of have this tension with each other. Eventually, Nagata gets in, does a wicked belly-to-belly on Finley. He pins him with a backdrop suplex into a pin, and we're we're done there. Uh, Nagata's team wins. It was pretty good. I enjoyed it. It was a fun opener. And I would say that. The, it, I mean, the announcement are talking Japanese, so it, you don't, you kind of hear every, you know, eighth word or whatever they say. They do say a lot of the moves in English, but they were talking about WWE constantly because Yushin Liger was in the match. So, obviously, they were pretty happy about the fact, <laughs> or they were at least doing a lot of advertising for the fact that Liger is going to be on that NXT TakeOver special. So, we move on here. We get to uh, Hiroki Goto. Who's your intercontinental champion against Captain New Japan, who's pretty much the guy that takes all the falls, almost, in a lot of these tags. Against Cody Hall and Yujiro Takahashi of the Bullet Club, which is pretty much like the Bullet Club uh, D-Team. If you have no idea what the Bullet Club are, they're kind of like a mixed match of DX and the NWO together. They'll do the Suck It, they'll do the Too Sweet. It was started by uh, Finn Balor, Prince David at the time. And it's kind of grown into what it is today. AJ has kind of taken over uh, Divit's role. He even uses Divit's finisher. The Bloody Sunday is a setup for the Styles Clash even. So what I would say is this is really weird. Because Goto's not the type to kind of just... I mean, Goto's kind of tagged with Shibata for a lot of his time. And he's had a few other partners. But it's like him and Captain New Japan, it's just like when you think of a tag team, it's just... Really weird. You know, and Yujiro and Cody Hall have this chemistry together because of them both being in the Bullet Club or whatnot, but Cody Hall's pretty much a young lion, and Yujiro's kind of like your, I guess, jobber extraordinaire. He kind of gets to a certain point and doesn't go any farther. I mean, basically, Captain New Japan kind of got picked on by Yujiro and Cody Hall. They were beating him up. He was missing moves, like missing his... Diving headbutt that he does off the ropes uh, Cody Hall got protected again here He hit a fall-away slam, which you know his his father's fall-away slam and Hits that discus clothesline pretty well. I'll give him that uh, Goto got the hot tag and you kind of just get Goto just going crazy. He even gave Captain New Japan a lariat because he was just going nuts on everyone I it really wasn't much of a lot of anything. Uh, like I said, Cody Hall got a few spots in there. Yujiro was sort of a waste. And uh, they I will give them the credit for trying to do something different in the, the ending because normally it's just like, okay, whoever's the stronger guy on the card, he hits his finisher on whoever the weaker guy is, and then that's the end of your tag. Well, this one they did a double roll-up. It was kind of awkward because yujiro and cody hall kind of look at each other and all of a sudden you see two roll-ups uh to i think was the legal man at that point so he technically got the pin for the team but captain New japan and him got simultaneous roll-ups on yujiro and cody hall it was funny but also at the same time kind of weird so <laughs> but yeah it was it was really not much of anything probably the worst of the tag matches you can Totally skip it, I think, if you're... I mean, you could probably pretty much totally skip a lot of this show, but if you're interested in anything outside of the G1, the opener was, was pretty good. The second match, just totally skipped. Went around almost 10 minutes. So then the third time match is Shinsuke Nakamura and Yoshihashi. I should have mentioned that Goto and Takahashi uh, Yujiro have to wrestle in the next uh, set of uh, G1 matches on Thursday morning, so that's kind of why they had Goto and, and Takahashi here, but in the third match, it's Shinsuke Nakamura and Yoshihashi, both of Chaos against Carl Anderson and Tamatanga, both of the Bullet Club, uh, Yoshihashi wears these pants that say loose explosion on them, I have I have no idea if that means he just wants to explode in his pants of excitement or, or what it is, but I don't know that I would have to wear that on my pants honestly that's that's not something that i would think about but hey you know go him uh tamatanga is the son of haku Uh, he's really underrated lucky land casino
0: asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void rep prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: I really like him. I hope that he gets a singles run at some point, or maybe a juniors run, or, or whatever, you know? Uh, Nakamura, if you've never seen this guy, do yourself a favor. Go look up some Shinsuke Nakamura matches. Preferably the one against Kota Ibushi from Wrestle Kingdom. Even Maybe the, even the one from against Goto from Dominion a few weeks ago. He is great. He came out as a ninja at Dominion. It was awesome. He came out as a king at Wrestle Kingdom. Just fantastic, this guy. Carl uh, Anderson, he's called the Machine Gun. He... Is a terrific singles wrestler, but he often gets stuck in just tag matches with Doc gallows because they're your IWGP tag team champions right now. And Anderson's just so good as a singles wrestler. And he proved that he got to the final of the G1 in 2012. So he's the only guy, Jim, besides Rick Rude, to ever do that, actually. So either way, Pretty much what you get in a lot of these is Yoshihashi's kind of like the fall guy mostly, most of the time. So the crowd kind of gets behind him because it's like that hope spot that maybe this will be the time Yoshihashi gets a win. They had a funny spot. Where Anderson kind of took him all the way to the ramp. And there was just these chairs there with the front, the front row. And he kind of just tosses Yoshihashi there and leaves him there. Uh, in New Japan, there was a 20 count, not a 10 count, so they can kind of do things like that because they have longer to actually get in, get back into the ring. Uh, there was a really great exchange between Nakamura and Anderson where Nakamura went for the Boma yi Anderson went for the stun, or gun stun, and then they both countered, and it led to a nasty spinebuster by Anderson. Great stuff. I mean, you knew Nakamura was going to get the win here over Tamatanga with the Boma yi but I thought they did well in... Hyping up the interactions between Anderson and Nakamura great stuff. I really enjoyed it. Maybe something you might want to check out if you've never seen Anderson or Nakamura i it's something it doesn't last that long to really be it it lasts about ten minutes. It's not anything that's gonna like ruin your day if you go watch it probably probably just watch it and be done with it there. So your last uh, tag match is a six man. It's Kazuchika Okada, your IWGP Heavyweight Champion. Ghetto, the Booker, who's also a member of Chaos, and he also is pretty much like Okada's manager. And then Tomohiro Ishii, who is this big bruiser guy, and he's awesome. Uh, Ryushiki Taguchi, who is pretty much uh, known for... He used to be in a tag team with uh, Prince David, Finn Balor, and he also pretty much is known for having... Doing all of his offense with his ass. I'm not joking. That's that's what he does. Uh, Satoshi Kojima. He and Hiroshi Tenzin are a tag team. Pretty much like been a permanent tag team fixture forever called Tenkoji. Uh, but he is, in, he is also seconded by uh, Mr. Michael Elgin. Making his first appearance in New Japan. His first match. And the sixth man here. Michael Elgin was made to look really strong here. He had a great that stalling. He's done it plenty of times in our race before in multiple man matches where he does the stalling suplex, and then the tag members that are on the apron come in and tick him and make it look to where he, you know, that's supposed to stop him from doing the suplex, but he's able to stop, get hit. So a little bit and then he has so much strength that he can pull him back up and He does that here with Okada and Ishii kind of kicking him and he still holds ghetto up there And then he suplexes him down gets a good reaction and He also gets to do the um, He also does the he does the dead left German on Ishii, which was awesome the crowd really popped for that uh, the the devil he's done this before I think people are making too much of a big meal out of this. He's done it before, and I don't know that it's solely on Elgin. I think it's maybe Ishi wasn't too confident about what was supposed to happen or there was confusion. But he's done this double fall away slam and someone drop move before. And it Ishii kind of almost lands very awkwardly, and it makes it look like Elgin messed it up, but he kind of didn't really. So I don't think you can kind of blame him there for that. And Elgin also does that. Dumb move that I wish he wouldn't do which is the where he gets you like kind of bent down and then he Double stomps your back a lot of times. He misses it. Luckily. He didn't this time But it's one of those I can kind of just take or leave just don't do it. I I Hope that he continues the style where he tries to blend in with what's there and not try to do too many crazy things to get a reaction if you blend in and tell the story, it's it's much better. And I think I have a lot of faith in Elgin. Him and Okada are facing off in the semi-main event. I, I should mention Nakamura and Carl Anderson of the main event of Thursday morning show. Elgin and Okada are going to face off in that match. So this will be Elgin's first singles match in New Japan. What a way to have your first singles match against the current IWGP Heavyweight Champion, defending G1 winner. All this, just a, a freaking, just awesome guy. In New Japan, one of the top stars to be your first opponent. Now these two have chemistry. Guys have chemistry from Okada coming down for the All right Shows and everything, but still cool because it's a different setting there with New Japan. So, yeah, Ellian was made to look strong. Uh, Ishii and Kojima got a little bit of interaction because they're facing off in the next show. Uh, Kojima got his machine gun chop stopped, and then Ishii just clobbered him. Kojima and Ishii actually just kept going at it after the bell, after the match finished, too, because they just couldn't. They were really pissed at each other, I guess. <laughs> Great way to build tension for that next event. Uh, Ryusuke Taguchi is there to bring the comedy, doing his ass offense. Doing, making fun of Okada, doing that kind of stuff. Ghetto does his heel stuff, which is also comedy. It's funny. It didn't wear out of welcome because they weren't in the match very long. And uh, I appreciated it. And like I said, this made Elgin look really good. I really enjoyed this match. Probably the best of the tag matches. I know some people don't agree with that. Maybe they like the Nakamura one better. But I thought this was the best of the tag matches because of what it does for Elgin. And it kind of sets up more of those... G1 matches for the next week, and there's multiple storylines going on there, so that's what made it interesting for me. So let's get on to the G1 Climax matches, all in the A block. Hiroshi Tenzin, Hiroyoshi Tenzin against Doc Gallows. You know, this probably wasn't the best choice for your opener. Doc Gallows is really just... He kind of plods along in New Japan. He's not the greatest of workers. Tenzin's 44 years old at this point. He's been around. He really steps it up for the G1 usually. But he's kind of one of those that you got to have the right opponent with him so that you can take advantage of that. He does a lot of Mongolian chops. That's kind of his thing. He also does the Anaconda Vice as a, as a finisher. Gallows like I said kind of kind of take or leave him you know so Gallows uh, doesn't look too bad in this I think he kind of tries more than he has like the entirety of last year so like you know his his uh Gallows bomb that is that he does the choke bomb whatever it looks pretty good he chokes Tenzin on the outside with his Gallows rope Which uh, the crowd didn't particularly care for. So, you know, at least he got heat for that. Pretty much, it kind of just plodded along. It really wasn't that entertaining to watch, honestly. The worst G1 match of this, this night. Tenzin eventually gets the win with a nice little exchange for the finish. He gets the Anaconda Buster, slams him down. Gallows won't tap, so he slams him down again, and this second time, Gallows taps. But like I said, probably something you can totally skip. We'll probably get better Tenzon matches as the as it rolls on. I don't know about better Doc Gallows matches, but that's neither here nor there, I guess. So moving along, we had Toru Yanu of Chaos against Togi Makabe, who is... Uh, the Never open weight Champion. who That's pretty much... It used to be... Or when it started, it was supposed to be sort of like their NXT title or whatever. Because it was supposed to be for their secondary developmental show. And now they've announced that they're pretty much going to start that over again. It's going to be called the Young Lions Initiative. Or the Young Lions... Uh, something. Where they're going to be able to sky talent, bring them in. And then give them separate shows to work that are not part of the New Japan Tour. That way they can get seasoned and learn the style and all that kind of stuff, which is great. I think any promotion that can have something like that would be great. It it would honestly I don't see how it doesn't help you. But either way, Toriyano, he's pretty much your comedy character in New Japan. He does just comedy stuff. He has a routine that he goes through. Like he likes to use this red chair and he dropped holds Makabe into the chair. He does, in the first five seconds, he does this roll-up, which the crowd eats up pretty well. I, I kind of bit on it. He has another fantastic near-fall later where he low-blows Makabe close to the corner, uses the referee so that he can get the backslide in right, and almost gets a three. Because Yano pretty much wins with a lot of the same stuff. These diff- variations of roll-ups are... Whatever so you know every once in a while when he does one with them you believe it that at any moment this could be the other time that he wins you know he had that whole feud with Tanahashi for like six months because then it was pretty much based on that where Yano would use his tricks to get the pin and eventually you know Makabe is smarting up he knows he's had enough of it Death Valley driver into the King Kong knee drop and we're done and Makabe has two points Along with Hiroshi, Hiroshi Tenson. and we move along. Thing I think here, it, this is kind of one of those. If you like Yano Stick, it's six minutes. You're not going to be. It's it doesn't. It does not wear it as welcome at all. There's some funny stuff. Watch it. If you don't care about Yano at all, just skip it. It's no big deal. So Tatsuya Naito against Bad Luck Fale of the Bullet Club. Uh, Fale is this huge dude. Uh, big big fat dude but he can he has a cool look to him super serious guy Uh, Naito speaking of serious Naito is um, now uh, part of those ignorables or ingobernables excuse me Ingovernables over there in CML and some of those guys are supposed to show up once we get done with the G1 I think to kind of continue this for Naito so I think uh, what you kind of get is Naito doing his heel stick, which is basically he doesn't care. He doesn't care what happens in the match. He kind of doesn't take anything seriously. And so, like, when Fale gets mad and tosses him in the chair, you see him take a nap for, like, ten seconds. <laughs> which is, uh, you know, like I said, what Naito does. So, But he does a few of his things, and and the best part, which I forgot to mention... He comes out in this skull mask, almost like a Terminator mask, sort of, and he has a suit on. And you think he's going to wrestle with the mask and the suit on. And he takes the mask off and then reveals his normal outfit, and he has tearaway pants, and it's it's awesome. Still wish he would have had to get to keep the hat on, though. That'd be great. Uh, either way, Fale kind of, he looks okay in this. Again, he's he's a big slow-moving guy. He has a nice little uh, Samoan drop and a splash for a near fall. Naito's stuff doesn't work against the heel, especially against the heel that nobody cares about, like Falle. Like when they did it with Hamas, because Hamas a face. People love Hamas. So when Naito's not tagging in, people are kind of upset. You know, people are making a big deal out of it, and Hamas makes a big deal of it. Instead. What we get is Fale a heel, so you don't care. The crowd's really confused as to who they're supposed to cheer for. They sort of cheer for Naito because you're not going to cheer for Fale, obviously. And then they also botched the finish, which really hurt. Uh, part of this was also, you know, Naito trying to get out of the bad luck fall. It kind of happens a couple times. Eventually, when Naito, when bad luck Fale gets the... Bad luck fall, Naito tries to counter with a Hurricane Rana, and then it's kind of botched. It's just left there, so he has to get off, enziguri him, and then he has to do his roll-up, his flash pin that he's been doing in CMLL. And Naito gets two points. Wasn't the most convincing way, but I'll take it. At least Naito got two points here. So let's move on to the actual – the two matches that you're going to – you need to go out of your way to see two matches that you're really going to enjoy. Uh, be, One of them includes AJ Styles. So if you know anything about AJ Styles and you haven't – I mean, AJ basically took that heel character from TNA in that, that last – you know, the last part of his run, and he's taken it up to 11 now with the Bullet Club. I mean, he's – he just – He's grown as a performer, he realizes that he can't just do everything high-flying anymore, because he's getting up there in AIDS as well. And just to protect himself, and because it doesn't make sense for his character, and he's just been a terrific leader of the Bullet Club, just really made it feel like Diva leaving didn't have them, you know, lose his stuff at all, so... Either way, we get Kasuri Shibata, who's pretty much like your shoot fighters, uh, you know, MMA guy. He really takes those kicks seriously. He takes his hold seriously. No joke with Shibata. So, Shibata hurt himself, uh, hurt his right arm uh, around his shoulder down to his forearm at a live event a couple days before the last uh, for the New Japan live show. So you can see his right arm is heavily bandaged, heavily taped. And he can definitely feel the effects of that because you see him using the left. Almost exclusively the the left arm. When he does any kind of elbows or whatever, mostly he's doing kicks. So he's kind of safe there. Uh, This match is just really intense. I really enjoyed it. It's a little bit. Probably shorter than I think we were expecting. But I think with Shibata's arm the way it is. And also because I think they wanted to save some time for the main event. And also just save time for maybe having this match later on down the line. But the the crowd just popped pretty big for Shibata being able to counter AJ into an abdominal stretch. It was crazy. It was just like you would have thought Shibata just... Got himself the win. It was it was funny the way the crowd reacted. Is that uh, Shavada even kicks AJ over the barricade at one point, which was insane. But then AJ comes back, slams uh, Shibata's leg into the apron or not apron into the barricade there, and the kicker comes, pun intended. I guess kicker comes from. When Shibata's kicking AJ, and then AJ ducks and Shibata kicks the steel pole, which starts all of the working on the leg offense. Which, if you've watched any kind of AJ from his heel run, he started developing the calf killer, calf slicer, whatever you want to call it, submission leg submission, and that kind of leads into that. You get an Indian deathlock with a bridge, which is pretty uh, from AJ. You get, um, he does a few, like a backbreaker, a few other things. Then AJ starts doing forearms to for Shibata. Shibata gets upset. He no-sells him. It's crazy. The crowd really gets into it. is able to get AJ in the corner for his basement dropkick. Looks like things are heading his way. He gets his necklock suplex. But then just when it looked like Shibata was going that way, AJ gets a suplex into the middle turnbuckle, which looked nasty. He gets the calf killer. It's in there since in for a little while, but Shibata's able to get out. The even cooler thing is when we get the finish, which Shibata has AJ in a sleeper hold, and he bites his hand on his right arm to try to be able to keep the move from failing him because he knows he doesn't have the strength in one of his arms to be able to hold on to AJ there. So biting of the hand man that was fantastic. Shibata did that previously before where he also had another moment where he bit the ring rope uh, bit the ropes so that he could cause the rope break. Just just fantastic stuff from uh, Shibata here. AJ I thought looked like a big time star in this. He looked impressive in everything he was doing. Uh, the finish comes with Shibata kind of putting AJ down in a seated position so he can do the penalty kick, he thinks AJ is, you know, still still kind of smarting from that. AJ moves, you get the Pele, Bloody Sunday DDT, which he just drives him of his head of the man, and Styles Clash, which there was a couple other times where he tried to do Styles Clash, and the crowd just goes nuts when he puts it on because it feels like it's finality because of the way they protect it and also because of, you know, the unfortunate injuries that have happened. But... That's the way it is. You know, I don't think AJ is purposely trying to, you know, make money off of that or anything. But it's just what's kind of happened. And it's still interesting, though. He he makes the, the Styles Clash is still a it's seen as a big-time dangerous move in Japan. So every time he hits it, you feel like the match is over. And that's the way it should feel. A fantastic match, I think. Like I said, you really should go out of your way to see it. And I'm hoping for good things from both of these two guys as far as the tournament goes on. So we get to the main event. Hiroshi Tanahashi, your ace of New Japan, against Kota Ibushi, who's pretty much like his son almost. These two are like one and two and apparently bringing women into the building. I don't know how New Japan measures that, but that's apparently a thing. They kind of almost sort of look like each other. I mean, it really feels like Ibushi if he ever kind of apparently Ghetto and New Japan are not that happy about Kota kind of going back and forth with DDT still. But I think it's still he, still, he is definitely a much bigger talent in New Japan than he had been previously. Something that people are excited to, to see him. He's made big strides. He won the New Japan Cup this year. Challenged AJ before. They're going to get a rematch in this tournament as well. So we have a a first time meeting. I should note that it was a first time meeting for AJ and Shibata. This is a first time meeting as well as Hiroshi Tanahashi against Kota Ibushi. Now Tanahashi is interesting because he has a match against a rival of Ibushi's Hiroshima who's the current DDT champion a little bit after this tournament is over so it looks like Tanahashi might have been doing some studying here. He's, he's definitely paying attention to the fact that Koda uses a lot of flying stuff, you know, high-impact flying stuff, and so Tanahashi just quickly goes for that leg, and he does not stop. Anytime that it looks like Ibushi is gaining any kind of momentum, Tanahashi goes for the leg, goes for Dragon Screw. There was even one or a nice moment where Ibushi is on the apron, Tanahashi Tanahashi is... Inside the ring, and he does multiple dragon screws using the ropes for, like, more leverage. And it's uh, it's pretty awesome looking. Tanahashi also gets a Texas clover leaf in on Ibushi to put even more paint on the leg. I know a lot of people are going to complain about Ibushi not necessarily selling the leg, like, constantly. I think people overrate that, seriously, sometimes. And I was even, I had to talk myself out of thinking the way that these guys did. Really having it affect their match rating and all that kind of stuff. This is what happens. I think people just... It doesn't mean that you sell every single time. You're incapacitated. You can't walk around. You can't do anything. Yeah, should he have put a hand to his leg and kind of made it look like he was really hurt a little bit more times than he did? Maybe. But I'm not hating on the match because of that. It, It was terrific stuff. I mean... Like I said, the story is that Tanahashi studied up on Ibushi. He had an answer for every single thing that Ibushi threw at him as far as crazy, you know, flying moves. He missed the Phoenix Flash. It allowed Tanahashi to get more momentum as well. Uh, Ibushi does hit this beautiful springboard moonsault on the outside. Uh, he hits uh, a nice drop kit that makes him look like he's kind of floating in the air. Uh, Standing corkscrew splash, which is amazing considering there's not a lot of room there for him to do that. Uh, But again, like I said, this is about Tanahashi studying. He he did it. Um, He really paid attention to what's going on with uh, Ibushi here. And he had an answer for everything Ibushi wanted to throw at him. Ibushi was really going after him with some nasty kicks and stuff. He even got to... But because, you know, and it even played in the parts of the match, like Ibushi tried to keep booting uh, Tanahashi away with to keep him from using the swing blade, but because he couldn't get all of it because of its hurting, you know, the his legs his leg was hurting him, you know, he, he got to do the swing blade anyway. Uh, the high fly flow to the outside by Tanahashi was terrific as well. Um, the finish was great, even though it involved a botched springboard Hurricane Rana, but... You know, he misses the Phoenix Flash. Tanahashi kind of takes advantage of it and is able to block a second Pele kick. Uh, He goes, uh, Tanahashi kind of gets a Dragon Suplex, and then you get the High Fly Flow. All great stuff. Just terrific match. Terrific match. The story these guys tell. This is one of those where also Ibushi hits a nasty And he's done this a few times where he does this German... He's inside the ring, he does a dragon suplex with you standing on the apron, in this case Tanahashi standing on the apron, and he dragon suplexes you into the ring with Tanahashi on the apron, it's awesome. Uh, It gave the crowd a scare, they literally just really got more into it after that, so, you know, Ibushi I think is going to have a good tournament, we'll have to see how many points he gets, but... Yeah, the, this match was fantastic. It's well worth going to watch. This is your the main event delivers. Uh, the reason to watch this show right here. Roshi Tanahashi uh, against Kodabushi. Awesome stuff. Really enjoyed it. I think you will too if you get to watch this. And that's pretty much your show uh, as far as night one goes. Uh, I think definitely watch the last two matches. Maybe some of the tag matches are not, they were interesting, but you can totally skip them. It's not like you're going to miss anything if you don't watch them, except maybe some of the interactions with the ones that are having G1 matches on Thursday. But the first three G1 matches, you can probably totally skip them. You're you're missing nothing there. Don't waste your time. There's going to be so much in this tournament. The less time-wasting that you can do, probably the better, I think. So, I'm looking ahead to the show that is coming up on Thursday morning, 5.30 a.m. Eastern, 2.30 p.m. Pacific. Like I said, it will be in the twin Messe, Shizuoka. In Shizuoka, it holds a 2,400 capacity, so it's going to be a one-cam show. It's going to be a hard camera show. The camera won't be moving. It won't have multi-cam set up. It'll just be set in one part of the arena. Looking at the ring the entire time. And there probably won't be announcers either. So it will be much more of an intimate setting. Almost like a house show. But there's a big big tournament happening. With this house show as well. It's certainly, certainly interesting. To say the least of the fact that the first two B-Block shows. And it doesn't look like they planned this out that well. First two B-Block shows are going to be hard camera shows, and if they're not going to have an announcer, that's, that's crazy. The A-Block is, is going to get that, but B-Block won't for the first couple shows. So, running down, as I should note that basically everybody won, who won, uh, Tanahashi, AJ, Naito, Makabe, and Tenzan all have two points. Uh, the, well, on Thursday, what you'll find out is what's left there in the, in the B block. Each one of those participants will probably get two, two points as well. And then you just start adding it up and seeing what makes sense. And you can kind of start going through the scenarios and that makes it fun. But let's go through this card. Tiger Master Yushin Liger against Jay White and Yoho Komatsu. You know who's going to win here. Should be interesting. Komatsu and Liger have, some, have had some interesting exchanges. Uh, Captain New Japan, Kota Ibushi and Togi, Togi Makabe against Cody Hall, Doc Gallows. Uh, Kota is facing Doc Gallows, I think. Or is it a? Makabe that's wrestling Doc Gallows on the next night? Let's see. No, Makabe is wrestling Bad Luck Fale, and you have Kota Ibushi against Doc Gallows. So, that you'll get your build up to those matches in, in that tag. Probably. I don't think Captain New Japan. Well, you got Bullet Club, like C Team or something, so. Captain New Japan, Kodabushi, and Makabe will probably win that. Yoshihashi and Toru Yanu. That's certainly a funny pairing. Uh, Tomot- I guess Tomatonga and AJ Styles one hell of a pairing right there. Uh, this is to set up the Yano and AJ Styles G1 match. Should have some comedy. This might be one that I'm sure AJ is going to win here. Or maybe Yano wins the tag and then AJ wins the the G1 match or whatever. So, after that, we have our final tag, which is Masuka Durada, Tatsuya Naito, and Hiroshi Tanahashi tagging together against Ryushi Taguchi Katsuri Shibata, it's Naito and Shibata in that semi-main event, and your main event is Hiroshi. No, I think your, I think your main event is Katsuri Shibata against Tatsuya Naito, and then your semi-main is uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi against Hiroshi Tenzon. They're facing each other in in this tag, so that's also there to set up more uh, more tension there. Should be should be fun. Uh so your b block matches. Uh Satoshi Kojima gets Tomohiro Ishii, man. This should be a pounding. Should be awesome. Just get two guys beating the crap out of each other. I think Ishii gets it off right. I mean, I don't remember what I did when I pick 'em who I picked here. So I'm not going to I'm gonna reserve my judgment. I want to, I don't wanna go back on who I picked. I can pretty much tell you Goto's beating Yujiro. There's no way Yujiro's winning. Uh, Yuji Nagata against Tomoki Hama should be really fun, really interesting. It's going to be interesting where the crowd goes because those are two guys that are fan favorites. Uh, Kazushka Okada against Michael Elgin. This year's semi-main event is going to be really interesting. I uh, want to see what Elgin does in a singles capacity here against Okada. Uh, this is going to be put up for up time for Elgin, definitely. And Nakamura and Carl Anderson they have wonderful exchanges. They've had wonderful exchanges before your main event. That should be awesome. I'm pretty sure Nakamura's going to win, but... Carl Anderson will make it really interesting because you can have so many Gunstun and uh, Boma Yi interactions there. So I'm, I'm going to be interested to see what we get with that. So th- that's looking ahead to the Thursday morning show. And I will be back hopefully Thursday afternoon instead of uh, the next night at 2 in the morning or whatever to review that show. And then look ahead to the next night, night 3. As well, and we'll, when we, before we get to night 3 we'll also have a regular episode of WTM. It'll be WrestleMax rest of the next episode, 153. We'll be reviewing what happened on Raw. We'll be talking about what, what happened on TNA, on ROH-TV, on Lucha Underground, on NXT as well, and whatever else is going on in the news. All this stuff about... You know, it did Kevin Owens get buried, all this whatever. We'll talk about that on there. So look forward to Thursday night Friday morning for our big show. And I'll, I should have another G1 show. I'll probably do like a little wrap up for the first two G1 nights on the regular show as well. So there's plenty to check out from us. If you watch Battleground and you haven't heard our podcast reviewing the show, it's just me and Paul and we have a few call-ins as well. It kind of sucks without Gary, but the show's still good. So go check out our Battleground uh, W2M special, our review of that. And like I said, I shall see you probably sometime on Thursday for the Night 2 review. And then we'll be back on Friday morning with our regular W2M episode. Hope you enjoyed this. Let me know if I did uh, okay or if I did a terrible job. But until... We meet again, everyone. Enjoy the G1. Like I said, it's not that bad to, uh, you know, plop down that money for New Japan World. certainly much cheaper than it has been in many years. And you're going to get this big tournament, and there's so much archive stuff there for you to check out as well. So, like I said, until, until Thursday afternoon or so, if you're not living life to the max, remember you're not living life at all. Peace, you know it.